Today on The Tapping Show, Mr. Beast posts his first video on X Twitter. Vivek tweets Trump will not allow a central digital currency to be created. Sean Strickland, the UFC Championship, roasts Journal for asking political questions. Apple overtakes Samsung to be the largest phone producer. And Forstock is downgraded to a neutral by UBS Bank. All of that and much more on The Topping Show. Thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in today. Today's episode of Topping Show is proudly sponsored by Topping Technologies. Topping Technologies is an IT value-added reseller and services company with a special purpose in IT security. Heck, I see their founder at least twice a day. I gotta say he's quite handsome and brilliant. He's me, you see, that's a joke. If you're an IT leader or a business owner, you can reach the team at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Also, trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of January, so click that button. I greatly appreciate it. Now, going over to the business part of the podcast, you have Apple beating Samsung to become the largest phone producer, which is the first time Samsung has been overtaken since 2010, which ages me quite a bit. I still remember using flip phones, but nevertheless, that is a phenomenal achievement in terms, especially when you consider how, I would say, astronomically expensive some of the iPhones are, that they were actually able to beat them by the number of units pushed. Now, this comes to us thanks to Business Insider, specifically for 2023 that they beat them. And that's even with all the challenges they had. I mean, the first week of January or 2024, their sales were down like 30% in China, which is one of the largest, most important markets for Apple. Also, where they manufacture a majority of the, all their products. And subsequently, the Chinese government have been putting more and more hurdles for them, so to say. They banned government employees from using iPhone devices so that they will be most likely defaulting to Huawei devices, which is one of the largest Chinese electronical manufacturers on the, ever. That's perhaps the biggest brand over there. And in terms of geopolitics, the U.S. government did ban U.S. government officials from using Huawei devices, partially because it's basically spyware, because yes, obviously they inject some things in there. Now, it looks like Apple's going to try to keep up that momentum, but their stock is starting to suffer. It'll be interesting to see how 2024 is. Now, Business Insider says a notable light, uh, milestone. It's the first time any company other than Samsung has topped the list since 2010. And this is according to IDC Research as well, that Apple's the, quote, biggest winner. Now, the tech giant is estimated to ship 80.5 million smartphones in the fourth quarter last year. That's the highest of any smartphone maker. And they enjoyed a market share that grew to 24.7%, while Samsung shipped an estimated 53 million smartphones during the same period and saw its market share shrink to 16.3%, both statistics according to IDC. They also know that the overall smartphone market had declined at 3.2% year over year, uh, a decade low, which, again, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Apple is also starting to start discounts in China, which... If you're a luxury brand, that's also not a good sign of starting to discount it and compete with price. Because, again, you'll never beat Huawei or any Chinese company when it comes to a price point. So I believe, I've got the conversion rate, but roughly estimate, roughly converted, they discounted it by about $70 for the Chinese market for iPhones over there. And, again, there's a little, let's see here. I mean, Apple's had their stock down rate graded a couple times last year by a couple analysts. And, again, interestingly enough, Apple's sales are going down, but the iPhone segment is growing. So there are less people buying their really impressively engineered computers. Granted, they're almost as much as a car, but nevertheless, that category seems to be shrinking while the iPhone seems to be increasing for the portfolio 
allocation, but without so much economic uncertainty in 2024, people starting to pull back on their budgets. I wonder, will Samsung be able to overtake them this year? Plus you also have all the uncertainty in China, which is again, one of the largest markets for Apple. I don't know, anecdotally speaking, I've had a couple of my friends go to the dark side, so to say, and join the Apple team when it comes to their smartphone devices. And that, incidentally enough, two of those did occur last year. So it'll be interesting to see how many of the Android folks are still left around and maybe they'll make a comeback. Of course, as I always say, time shall tell. Now going over to the culture part of the podcast, you have Sean Strickland, the UFC champ, roasting a journalist for asking political questions. And of course, as you might say, it went viral on Twitter X to say the least. In fact, I wrote that the statistics are within 24 hours. It got 10.5 million views and 141,000 likes when this was posted by Colin Rugg over on X Twitter. And it follows the trend of, I think, some people in sports starting to push back against the myriad of mentally vacuous questions that many journalists will ask them. Because again, if you're a sports balls enthusiast or player, or in this case, a mixed martial arts fighter, what does punching someone in the head have to do with geopolitical topics or political topics or social? In this case, you would, some might debate with the category of, um, well, you know, they talk about Trudeau and his ineptitudes. What does that have to do with fighting? Well, it doesn't. So he does punch back, pun moderately intended. Now, again, this was originally posted by Colin Rugg, and he says, quote, New UFC champ Sean Strickland tells Canadian journalists to go F himself after the journalist tried to asking a gotcha question about the LGBT community. And he says, I was going to say, without further ado, it looks like the video was originally credited to MMA Junkie. And without further ado, I'll go ahead and play that right now. Now, of course, no one is perfect. Sean Strickland is an exceptional fighter. Unfortunately, he did not suit up. He's merely wearing a t-shirt. Nevertheless, play that video right now. I'm glad to hear it. it's been great. Are you a Canadian? Uh, of course I am. Are you part of the fucking opposition? Are you... Uh, I don't know how to phrase that. You, I mean, you got like fucking... Uh, well, I did want to ask you... Did you vote for Trudeau? Uh, you know, I'm not going to say. And, and let me tell you something right now, but man says he's not going to say. Like, if you ask a motherfucker, did you vote for Biden? He's like, well, I'm not going to say. That's none of your business. He voted for fucking Biden. Sean, so, hey. Sean, I'm glad you've had great experiences. So this is, our, this is what I'm talking about, you guys. The enemy. The enemy of Canada. Sure. Sure. Right. That's what it's got to be. It's got to be. Uh, we've got a pretty supportive gay and lesbian community in this city. I did want to ask you about something. You're... Again, what does this have to do with punching people in the head and kickboxing the side of their, I don't know what the moves are called in MMA, it's been a while since I played the Super Smash Brothers, which is perhaps the closest I've gotten. Nevertheless, wrote a couple of years ago. You said if I had a gay son, I would think I. Oh look, another another reason I'm saying the swamp, you guys, the swamp. You become a champion, you become a star, and, and some would say. Let me ask oh, you something. Are you are you are you gay? I had the chance no, to come back with a more diverse. Are you? Let me. Are you gay? Can I hear? Can I get an answer? Well, no, I'm asking. I'm, this is a part of. Are you are you a gay man? I'm an ally of the community. Okay. If you had a son and he was like, you know, yeah, son, he was gay, you'd be like, oh man, you don't, you don't want a grandkid. No problem with it. Oh man, well, dude, you're a weak fucking man, dude. You're like, you're part of the fucking problem. You elected Justin Trudeau, like, when you fucking, when he sees the bank accounts, like, you're just fucking pathetic. And and the fact that the f that did happen, by the way, that was during the trucking boycott. The, anyone who donated to them, they had their bank accounts frozen by the Canadian government in purely dictatorial fashion. Including to them also, you know, disarming the populace and being also having no free speech. They just get fined and jailed depending on what you say in Canada. They disguise themselves pretending like they're so nice they don't realize how morally and mentally vacuous some of their leaders are. 
fact that you have no fucking backbone and and has he shut down your fucking country and seized bank accounts? You ask me some stupid shit like that? Go fuck yourself. Move the fuck on, man. No, that doesn't really coward. answer the question, but I did want to ask also things you said about the trans community. You said uh, this past October when they announced the Bud Light sponsorship that you'd go so hard on Bud Light in your next fight they'll have to accept me or denounce me when uh, when they know what and they'll we'll know what they stand for. Are you this guy's like that. This Canadian's not that Canadian. Are you still going to use your fight time to kind of speak on that? Here's the thing about Bud Light. Here's the thing about Bud Light. Ten years ago, to be trans was a, what, a mental fucking illness. And now all of a sudden, people like you have fucking weaseled your way in the world. You are, you are an infection. You are the definition of weakness. Everything that is wrong with the world is because of fucking you. And the best thing is, is the world's not buying it. The world's not buying your fucking bullshit you're fucking peddling. The world is not saying, you know what? You're right, fucking chicks have dicks. The world's not saying that. The world's saying, no, there are two genders. I don't want my kids being taught about, you know, who they could fucking school. I don't want my kids being taught about, you know, their sexual preference. Like, dude, this guy is a fucking enemy. Uh, you want to look at the fucking enemy to our world? It's that motherfucker right there. Asking these stupid fucking questions. Sorry, I'm, I, I told you she has been nicer. Lance, Lance, am I am I still good with this? Am I, did I cross any lines? Yeah. What the fuck? I didn't say the F word. You just brought this fucking guy in here to piss me off. So, the youth in the comments, many people are saying based. And I suspect most of them will be in support of him. Again, because I think a lot of these folks are just done with these gotcha questions by the reporters asking questions that have nothing to do with their core competency or their profession. But who knows? Perhaps I'm alone in that assessment. Let's dive in the comments and find out. So again, that got 10.5 million views and 141,000 likes. And going down in the comments, one of the first ones comes from Florida Man Eth. He says, quote, Every politician, celebrity, and normal person needs to take note. This is exactly how you talk to the mainstream media and anybody, anyone who doesn't care about you. Strickland really spit some fire there, unquote. Well, with a fire emoji. That got 14,000 likes. And Colin replied saying Strickland is clearly taking notes and he has the picture of Elon Musk prolifically making waves when he told the mainstream media to go F themselves when they tried to blackmail him. They got 10,000 likes for Colin's response. Dr. Daquin says, quote, he's 100% correct. Not enough people besides myself are talking about how desperately we need a wall at the border, unquote. They got 5.8 thousand likes. Let's see here. Paul Suzupa says, quote, putting activists, journalists in their place is the only way they might learn. And if they don't learn, it's, a, it's at least entertaining, unquote. They got 2.8 thousand likes. Now, realistically, I don't think they learn since many of them are thick skulled, but it's also an incentive mechanism where, well, now, well, granted, we're not going to, interestingly enough, I was about to say, they're going to get a lot of accolades from the boss because they got that visceral reaction from the sports balls player. Well, I guess there's no sports balls in the MMA sports fighting player nevertheless it got a viral response that got millions of people that are tuning in and viewing this footage so i don't know if that's actually going to stop the reporters from asking it let me know in the comments if you think a better approach would be just say nothing at all or just say next question because that that would be much less entertaining though you could also argue at the same time that no one would know about it then it wouldn't really stop it be an interesting different tactic Someone by the name of Greg Reese says, quote, two years ago, Twitter would have banned this clip for hate speech, size target harassment of a journalist. 
We're getting to the point where more and more people are rejecting the premise of leftism outright rather than pretending their Stalinist tactics are legitimate. Great to see, unquote. They got 4.5 thousand likes. Let's see here. Red Wave Press said, quote, Justin Trudeau is a dictator of Canada. I would be surprised if they still hold elections in Canada anymore. Great response by Sean, unquote. I got 1.5 thousand likes. As well as the fact check. Confirmed. He is a dictator of Canada. Perhaps even more evil than some dictators. And very interesting, suspicious resemblance to the Castro family. Spoiler alert, Trudeau's mom was a promiscuous woman with no values, and she went to Cuba multiple times to... So that's why it's saying servicing, uh, collaborating with the dictators in Cuba, who are the most morally vacuous of all. So there is a not unsubstantiated rumor that he is actually the bastard child of a Cuban dictator. Let's see here. They actually have so Patriot Press responded with a clip from Sean saying, "Keeps talking, Sean." That's about thirty-four seconds and different angle. So I think. Let's see what he says here. The Canadian press, man. Were you a uh, were you a uh, a COVID bank account stealer too? Were you on board with that? No. I, Are you left wing or right wing? Were you a were you a Trudeau? We got one of the, we got one of the fucking commies with the press. We got to know where this man stands. Were you non biased? I think I lost the question too. Oh, he thinks he lost. No, we fucking know. Maybe I should just pass on this motherfucker. He's gonna go back. He's gonna go back and fucking give my bank account information to fucking Trudeau. <laughs> well, it's probably a good bank account. Uh, uh, I got 1.4 thousand likes. America memed says, quote, they are not journalists, they are activists masquerading as journalists, unquote. That got 6.4 thousand likes. And yeah, these days it's hard to, uh, hard to argue with that statement with most of the mainstream media. Let's see here. Kyra... Becker says, quote, stop being nice to liars and hacks who are trying to destroy our country. They are intellectually dishonest and have no respect for the people. They don't deserve your respect. This isn't hard, of quote. Got 1.7 thousand likes. Gunther Eagleman says, quote, this man is my hero, unquote, getting 2.9 thousand likes. Pismo says, quote, you asked me some stupid shit like that. Go F yourself, unquote, getting 2.4 thousand likes. Let's see here. B.R. Cooper said, quote, it's a shame 98% of journalists give the other 2% a bad name, unquote, getting 241 likes. Let's see. Frank says, quote, Sean Strickland's response to a nosy journalist is epic. That's how you deal with media trying to trap you with their gotcha questions. Tired of this woke agenda being pushed everywhere, even in sports. Stick to the fights, not politics, unquote. They got 1,000 likes. Glenda says, quote, Canada has deteriorated so rapidly due to Trudeau. He's 100% correct, unquote. Getting 909 likes. And as I scroll through these topics, or comments rather, more and more and more. I mean, I'm not seeing a single contrarian statement or anyone trying to stick up for that reporter. Or anyone even critiquing him. Let's see here. So... Instead of the it's perhaps the, definitely the opposite of ratio, they're vindicated to say the least. And it'll be interesting to see do more sports balls players try to emulate this as you have more and more reporters getting into their personal life, asking political questions. It'll be interesting to see, but as I always say, time shall tell.
Other interesting cultural news, you have Mr. Beast posting the, his very first video on X Twitter. It's four, actually 80 million views in the first 48 hours. Now, this is actually even more impressive when you consider it's not an original video, he already posted it on YouTube. And that is his bread and butter, to say the least. He's the most popular YouTuber on the planet in history. And that's where he gets a majority of his revenue, and that's how he makes a living. And he's pretty much the most successful YouTuber ever. And he reposted this because Elon was trying to say, like, hey, you should come on to X Twitter. Why aren't you posting here? And social media and everyone tried to make it a big, you know, bombastic, like almost like an attack of the two minds. But really, Mr. Beast or uh, Jimmy, he simply said, I make all my money on YouTube. They pay me a lot. They pay him a good rate per view. And X Twitter doesn't pay that out yet. So it's not a viable option for most content creators. That's why you see a lot of GIFs on YouTube or on, um, on X Twitter. You see a couple of clips. But... There's not an overwhelming amount of original content being put on it because of that. This just the audience isn't there and the payments aren't there as well. Now, Mr. Beast did the video where he tries to looks like I'll just a uh, little description or the quote that he says is quote one dollar car versus hundred million dollar car. I'm curious to see how much ad revenue a video on X would make, so I'm re-uploading this to test it. We'll share ad revenue next week unquote. So it should be coming out because this was a couple days ago. It should be coming out like, actually a few hours or a couple of days from now. And again, I mean, that got 80 million views in the first 48 hours of him putting it on there. And it got 340,000 likes 36 hours later. Or sorry, not 30, what's that, 20, 48 hours? It was a couple days after, well, 100,000, sorry, 100 million views and 340,000 likes. So as you might say, it went viral to say the least. And now, in terms of, I don't think it's an apples to apples comparison, because again, it's not an original content that he's posting. It's already been posted on YouTube, so it's not going. There's not as much of an incentive to go check it out because it's already been there. So a lot of people who are religiously following Jimmy, Mr. Beast, they're tuning into his default, which is YouTube. But yeah, that being said, that's still impressive to get that many views on a repost. Now going to the comments, I I wonder how many people will be supportive of him or critiquing. Well, the first comments comes from the quartering, which interestingly enough has nothing to do with houses or quartering stations or even a quarter dollar. But nevertheless, one of the most successful YouTubers out there is The Quartering. And interestingly enough, suspiciously enough, another Jeremy. Coincidence? I don't think so. But nevertheless, he says, quote, Not even, not really an even test since most of your audience has already seen the original. Gotta do a new video for your true test, unquote. That got 1.1 thousand likes. The Hodge Twins responded, YouTube execs right now. It's the cliche, what is it, the short-haired, the liberal gal who had the really short-haired glasses. Well, that's... I was going to say that doesn't help much. She had the yellow neon jacket, and she was the one where Trump, after Trump won 2016, she broke down and cried like a little child. Well, mentally, she's probably is a child, but she's allegedly an adult legally. And the Hushers, you know, she's just saying, no, it's a GIF, or as you might call it, a GIF. They got 20,000 likes here. LX responded saying, Mr. Beast is posting directly on X, get 5.5 thousand likes. Jack Pozo said, quote, Mr. Beast bringing his show to X, got 5.7 thousand likes. Let's see here. Three Year Letterman said, quote, this is absolutely pathetic, Mr. Least. I was going to say, that's a good play on words, I'll allow it. I'll continue the quote. He says, you live in your aunt's basement playing Mario Kart rather than having a real job like me. I'm a one percenter taking in, what? I'm a one percenter taking in $35.33 per hour. So now you're panhandling online? That's why I'm a youth football coach legend and you're some random clown, unquote. 
They got 1.1 thousand likes, apparently from someone who doesn't understand social media and how you can make a living in the 21st, in this new century, this new time and age. Because, again, it's one of those things where there's different types of labor, there's different ways to create a living for yourself. And also, Mr. Peace puts an astronomical amount of resources into creating these videos. It's not like he just gets up and he does them. There's a, map, a lot of logistics, a lot of planning, a lot of coordination. So I would venture to say he's probably working more hours per week than most, well, certainly most than the average American. But nevertheless, that did get 1.1 thousand likes. Let's see here. Not Jerome Powell, good parody account. He said, quote, it worked. And he has a screenshot of Mr. Beast saying, quote, my videos cost millions to make, even if they got a billion views on X, it wouldn't fund the fraction of it. I'm down though to test test stuff once monetization is really cranking. And he, Jerome Powell responded to that saying, post on both. They got 10,000 likes astronomically enough. Raw search says, quote, let's go first full Mr. Beast on X, unquote, gained 2.3 thousand likes. Let's see here. Ryan sp uh, says, quote, Elon about to give everyone's ad revenue to him for the week, unquote, getting 1.7 thousand likes. Carl, with a K, says, quote, hey, Jimmy, this video idea sort of reminds me of the one time we all went and checked out a bunch of cars ranging from $1 all the way up to a million dollars. This is going to be crazy. Going to check it out. We'll give you an update on what I think when I'm done, your friend Carl, unquote. And they got 7.1 thousand likes. Paul DeZuspa says, quote, welcome to the future, Mr. Beast. That got 105 likes. Billboard Chris says, quote, I absolutely despise how many kids you are harming because of the influence your sidekick, of your sidekick, who says he's a woman. You need to wake up to the harm of social media contagion, which you are contributing to, unquote. They got 5.6 thousand likes. And it's a direct reference to one of Mr. Beast's companions who decided that they wanted to take chemicals and transition in their own words and abdicate their responsibility from being a father from a family because this person actually in fact had a wife and child, they decided to change themselves and transition and still be on Mr. Beast's show, which causes a myriad of controversy and alienated many fans. So I subsequently think he probably got a couple more as that, that community continues to grow. But there are a lot of people critiquing him for deciding to let his friends stay on the show because of all those implications. Elon Musk parody account says, let's go. He finally uploaded a full video to X. I quote, getting 5.7 million, or sorry, 5.7 thousand likes. Kim.com said, quote, great, good move. Got 1.3 thousand likes. Icy Vert says, quote, you're going to get $16.35 out of posting on X. And Elon is going to say it's your fault, unquote. They got 4.8 thousand likes. So again, pretty much, let's see here. Yeah, pretty much everyone giving him accolades, a couple of people critiquing him for his sidekick, Chris, which I guess I, won't, I might get canceled on YouTube if I'm dead naming that person. I, I'll i watch Mr. Beast enough to, to know the full cast of names if they change their names. So I have no idea if that's a thing or not. But a lot of people are saying it's the future of X and YouTube is finished. No, I mean, absolutely not. I, I wish because X Twitter has an infinitely amount of better policies when it comes to free speech. But... I mean, the two biggest issues when you compare YouTube and X, Twitter is one, the audience. The audience on Twitter is infinitesimally smarter than the audience on YouTube. It's literally compared billions to millions. I mean, with YouTube, even anecdotally speaking, if I post a video, I might get, on a good day, I might get five to 12 likes. Now granted, it's all about quality or quantity. They're the, the awesomest people in the world like these videos and they're the best, obviously. 
if you like this video, I'd really appreciate it as well. But when it goes to on X Twitter, my audience is a lot, lot smaller and I might get, I think I got two likes. I think my record is 11 likes when I commented on DeSantis with one of his marketing or his political ineptitudes with his campaign. And even that, I wasn't too harsh. I was just critiquing him and kind of telling him what he could be doing better and saying, well, kind of pointing out that he was kind of lying because other candidates were doing the same thing he was doing and he's claiming he's doing it exclusively. But again, even then, this audience is so much smaller. Now, another issue is the ad dollars. Now, Elon, with the issue with X Twitter, the ad dollars are vanishing, which is because advertisers want whitewashed, uncontroversial content. Also, they want one, more often than not, they want one side of the political ally represented and not the other. And though, because Elon wants free speech, that means in, by its very nature, you're going to alienate some of those traditional advertisers. And when they left, that means Elon needed a lot of people to sign up for X, you know, the premium Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, which many people did. I did for all of my businesses. And I know it's not a lot of money. I didn't go, I didn't have the, I didn't have the budget to do the premium business account where it's like a thousand dollars a month, but I did do, you know, a hundred dollars. I think it was like 150, $170 for the standard or whatever to get the blue check mark and less ads. But he needs a lot of people to do that because again, the X Twitter is still not making money. It's still bleeding money. Now, of course, Elon's the richest man on the planet. If he, he could sell more Tesla stock and put more money into X Twitter, but he also has shareholders who helped him buy the company. So it is private, but people helped him buy the company and they expect to get a return on their investment eventually. And X Twitter is expanding their capabilities with new features, and, but they still don't have the audience and the ad dollars aren't there and the membership dollars are not there. So I can't conceivably see how they'll, they'll be able to have a higher pay rate per view when compared to YouTube. Realistically, if they want to win over the YouTube audience, I think that would be one of the most important things is, I mean, if Elon wanted to go all out, and again, it'd be very difficult because again, YouTube is owned by Google Alphabet. They have so much money. They could just take, they could afford to take a temporary loss if they wanted to just, if it becomes a price war or a bidding war in terms of who pays the most per view. I mean, YouTube could pay more, make a loss and still come out ahead in the long term. That's how YouTube was started. They lost money for years to build up the audience, to build up the huge footprint, to have all the content, to have all the users. That took years. It was no small feat. And with X Twitter, I don't conceivably see how they'll be able to beat YouTube in that regard. And again, I'm not sure if Elon really wants that to be the core thing of Twitter to be video content hosting, which again, that's also infinitely more expensive and complex than just hosting just standard tweets of text and images. I mean, just look at the, the sheer size of data that comes from video production, especially when a lot of these videos are 1080p and 4K. I mean, it is huge. I mean, in a one hour interview when I'm interviewing someone on my interview podcast, that generates about 756 gigabytes of data raw. Now, granted, you do have to actually you do render the video and it gets it down to a couple of gigs. But again, that adds up in the aggregate. And all these websites like YouTube, like for every minute of the day, like 12 minutes are uploaded on YouTube in terms of content. It's some astronomical ratio. So again, there's a lot of people in the audience saying, you know, X is the future, you know, you need to post more on there. But realistically, I don't think Jimmy's going to do that. He might do the repost, but again, now he has to pay an employee to start doing that and because everything takes effort. So he's going to, have to pay an employee to post it on X Twitter, depending on how invested he wants to get into it. And even that you could argue is cannibalizing some of the viewership on YouTube from people who would rewatch the video 
or people who are seeing a video that's later. So let me know in the comments, what do you think is the best route for Jimmy and Mr. Beast? And do you think X Twitter could realistically compete on the video hosting platform format? As always, be fascinated to hear what you have to say. Uh, going over to the political part podcast, you have Vivek Ramaswamy saying Trump will not allow a central digital bank currency. Now, this comes thanks to Vivek's personal X Twitter account, and he's responding to Malcolm Flex. And Malcolm Flex was saying how he had a perf- how Vivek was already having an impact with Donald Trump, talking about policies, and this was one of those topics that that apparently came to the, the that brew to the surface when it comes to their interactions. And Vivek said, quote, President Donald Trump just made a new promise in New Hampshire tonight, and I have full confidence he will keep it. Quote, tonight, I am also making another promise to protect Americans from government tyranny. As your president, I will never allow the creation of a central digital bank currency. Such a currency would give the federal government absolute control over your money. This would be a dangerous threat to freedom, and I will stop it from coming to America. We're also going to going to put in place a strong protections to stop banks and regulators from trying to debank you for your political beliefs. That will never happen well while I'm your president, unquote. It's a little complex there, a quote within a quote. But nevertheless, that got 4.7 million views and 63,000 likes in the first 24 hours of it being posted, which, as youth might say, is viral to say the least. And again, I think we're already seeing the positive impact that Vivek is having in terms of the Trump campaign and you know presidential campaign for the I mean, it's already the default. He's statistically speaking, he's overwhelmingly most likely to get the Republican nominee. I mean, he won Iowa in a landslide. And again, I think it's Vivek is, <coughs> excuse me, doing exceptionally well pulling with the youth. And he knows a lot. Of, I think there's a lot of benefits to having him involved in the Trump campaign. Right now, he's helping you know, raise funds and promulgating ideas, but also bringing these new ideas where. Yeah, a central digital bank currency would be detrimental to everyone's freedom. And we've already seen banks demonetizing and debanking people for their political beliefs. And that is literally the definition of dystopian hellhole. Like, no good can come from that. It is being used as a political weapon. And I think more and more Americans are starting to wake up to the fact of how evil that really is. And it's happening, I was going to say, outside of the country and in our country. I mean, almost famous ones that we reversed earlier on the show if you uh, tuned in when we talked about Sean Strickland the USC critiquing dictator Justin Trudeau well in that country not they fine you for your free speech because you don't have free speech they fine you for your speech if they don't agree with it they jail you for your speech if you don't agree with it and depending on your activities they freeze and seize your bank accounts the people who donated to the trucker um, boycott a couple, a couple years ago when they didn't want to take the vaccine well their funds were frozen just because they donated to a campaign or that specific case, they want to donate to the truckers to give them some support. Just donating to that support, again, is a peaceful protest. The truckers just stopped driving. They weren't doing anything violent. They were just parking the trucks. And yet, just donating to them got your bank accounts frozen. So you couldn't pay your rent. So you couldn't get your groceries. And it's so sad how often I have to reference 1984 by George Orwell, an animal farmer, George Orwell, because it's becoming more and more truth. And in some ways, the world is even worse than those books, unfortunately. Perhaps that's the reason why public schools don't teach those books anymore. Well, the teachers are always very busy teaching other horrific, I would say mostly mentally and emotionally vacuous things these days. Great job, teachers' unions. But nevertheless, let's go to the comments and see, or is there an overwhelming agreement with this sentiment, or am I alone with this? Let's dive and find out. One of the first comments comes from Brandon Straka. He says, quote, 
Please also tell him that the FBI doesn't need a shiny new building. They need to be dismantled, unquote. They got 9,000 likes and Vivek responded saying, quote, shut it down. I won't go soft on that one. I got 8.8 thousand likes. Paul DeSusma says, quote, stopping the creation of a central digital bank currency is great for our freedom. What would be even better is to get back to the gold standard. Any chance of that happening? Unquote. That got 904 likes. And is there any chance of that happening? I, I don't think so. It'd be, there are many reasons I think that'd be a lot better since the government couldn't just basically print more money than they ever printed before and cause inflation at astronomical weight rates, which destroys everyone, unfortunately. But mm, no, kind of like getting people in government to agree to term limits or, you know, not making, not making money off insider trading. When you make their own rules, there's not a lot of people who actually decrease their power. It's an exceedingly rare thing. So would we ever go back to the gold standard? No, because then the government couldn't easily manipulate the currency. We have Luke Zaliski chime in. He's probably the top contrarian that contributes to the threat or the, I was about to say threads, the comment section on X Twitter for DeSantis as well as Vivek and a couple of other Republican nominees. Well, they're no longer nominees. Really, Trump is the only one with DeSantis. I guess Nikki Haley is some, out there somewhere, allegedly. And Luke said, quote, anyone who ever believed that for one second that Vivek was an actual candidate is now humiliated into supporting Trump. That's exactly how this works. That's that's how this was always supposed to work. That's exactly what I told you would happen and who he always was. Season two, Apprentice Up, unquote. And interestingly enough, probably his least liked comment in weeks. He usually gets a couple hundred likes, uh, Luke particularly. They only got 86 likes. I think partially because a lot of people who supported Vivek also already supported Trump because, again, they aligned very much on a lot of their political ideals or beliefs and Vivek never really critiqued Trump or his campaign. He never had a real, uh, combative relationship, so he's never insulting people who a lot of people identify with politicians where they get very, really emotionally invested, so they almost feel personally attacked when you attack the politician, which is ridiculous in and of itself. But nevertheless, because he never did that, I think that's why you never saw really the Trump, uh, the MAGA team or the people who really believe in Trump, <laughs> excuse me, they never really viscerally attacked Vivek like the other candidates because Vivek really never really didn't, never gave him an excuse to. So I, I think that's why you're not going to see a lot of people really upset with Vivek. If anything, I'm seeing overwhelming support because now, if anything, they don't see him as any threat at all because he's really not taking any votes away from what they could have perceived him as taking votes away from Trump. Scrolling down a little bit more. Someone by the name of Gift of the Gaps says, quote, yeah, so true. And it's a picture of Donald Trump suited up as all men should. And he's holding his hands to his chest, saluting the flag, and says, highly regarded. He's just opposed with Justin Trudeau, who, well, yes, he's mentally and morally vacuous. He did have a modicum of intelligence to suit up, did something right. And the pride flag is behind Justin Trudeau, and it says, behind him in the text, it says, highly retarded, unquote. And that got 2.4 thousand likes. And for the record, I don't think he is, yes, he is mentally vacuous. I don't think he is mentally disabled, Justin Trudeau. Wise man once said, never underestimate the competition or your enemy. I think he truly is just that evil to take away civil liberties from citizens of Canada. And again, he's been he's been successful in his evil deed to take away those rights, whether it's freedom of speech, freedom to protect yourself. He even said, you have no, if someone breaks into your house and tries to hurt you, you have, you're not allowed to shoot them in Canada, which is very similar to New Jersey, which is the importance of why standard ground laws are vitally important to your protection in New Jersey, you have to have, you actually have the right to retreat law, where if someone breaks into your house, the burden is on you to leave the premises. 
And if you can't, if you defend yourself, you're the one who gets in trouble in court. Let that sink in for a New York or New Jersey minute there. It's scary. Just look it up on the internet. The laws around gun ownership and your ability to defend yourself and your family, they basically don't exist in New Jersey. It's quite horrific to say the least. But nevertheless, back to the comments section. Let's see here. A lot of people doing, what is this? A couple gifts and memes. Oh. Charles Sanson says, quote, this is a home run for Trump. Fantastic that he's come out ahead of this as it's slowly taking over world politics. We have a moment against it in the UK. Or sorry, we have a movement against it in the UK, but it's a massive, but it will be massive when the DT, when DT is back in the White House, unquote. Presumably DT means Donald Trump. And yeah, I, I butchered the word move, uh, movement for sure. However, if you click the subscribe button, it may very well assist with my speaking ineptitudes. Help me slow down my speech, enunciate more, try not to stutter. I'm just saying, watch the first couple episodes, and believe it or not, the speaking was much worse. There's been a modicum of improvement, perhaps not mountains of improvement, but modicum to say the least. So if you click that button again to subscribe, I would greatly appreciate it. Scrolling down to a couple more comments here. Concristador says, quote, this is the most important election in our lifetime, unquote, getting 591 likes, which I think is true, but it's also, we've been hearing that for the past... Eight, eight, four, eight, maybe 12 years, which it is true because the government's gotten so much power throughout our lifetime. It is actually very much important who's in the White House and who's throwing down executive orders, who's taking away your rights, who's trying to tax you more. So it is true. Joy Mariano says, quote, one day you, uh, shoot. Again, click the subscribe button to attempt to help with my speaking ineptitudes. Again, Joey says, quote, one day of you on Team MAGA, and he's talking about this. Tell him about the Civil Service Protections too. I'm quoting 876 likes. Here. Avi Shashram says, quote, make, Amer make cash great again. I'm quoting 220 likes. So as you scroll down, we'll do one or two more. America Unmasked says, quote, Vivek is already becoming a huge asset for Trump. I'm quoting 74 likes. Let's see. Woke GDP says, quote, CBDC needs to be stopped in its tracks. Then we need to take the next step and eliminate the, the price central bank, otherwise known as the Federal Reserve, and return to the gold-backed currency, unquote. Getting 82 likes. And it is quite horrific how much the government has caused inflation throughout this all these decades. I was reading a book in which they were talking about pricing. They were talking about the sale of Opel, the automotive company, from being a German-owned company to General Motors. And I believe the actual figure they used was like, what was it, 20? It's like 20... Two million dollars at the time over the night. I think it was in 1928 or 1931, and translated for inflation, that's like almost a billion dollars now. That's that's how much. That's how little our currency is worth these days. Now, the only upside to that ridiculous inflation is the tax stamp for NFA items, also known as the National Firearms Act. So, if you want to buy a suppressor, sharpened rifle, sharpened shotgun, machine gun, and your state allows it, you can buy it, but you need to pay a tax stamp to the Treasury Department because it's technically a taxed good. Well. You should be able to tax civil liberties and rights, but they did anyway. Now, at the time, that was 1934, that was a $200 tax stamp. Now, the only silver lining of the regulation of that law was that it did not adjust for inflation. So that's why you see a lot of people buying suppressors and other things nowadays, because $200 now is nothing compared to $200 in 1934 when the law was passed. At the law, when the law was passed in 1934, a suppressor was $7, the tax stamp was $200. Adjusted for inflation, $200 back then correlates to about $5,000 now. It's astronomical how much our government has destroyed U.S. currency. Let's see here. 
So we'll do one more here. Average Joe thinks, says, quote, I like what you've done with the man Vivek. Now convince him to, to dismantle the CIA, unquote. And that got 93 likes. So over a couple of contrarian statements, but still overwhelming support for Vivek and de facto Donald Trump as he's quoting Trump for, for the most part of his tweet. And it'll be interesting to see how much of a positive influence he could have as he's starting to help Trump with his campaign. And of course, the biggest speculation is, will he become a VP? What? How will he fit into the equation when it comes to Trump as if Trump, well, when Trump most likely gets a Republican nominee to run for office and if he does win? Let me know in the comments. Do you think he'd make an exceptional vice president? Would you rather have him be maybe somewhere in the cabinet? As always, be fascinated here. what you have to say. Now, going over to the business blunder of the day, you have Ford stock is downgraded by UBS to a neutral. Now, it's one of those fascinating, fascinatingly interesting things, actually, where there are some industries and some vernacular where they actually like to keep things simple instead of making it too bombastically complicated just to sound smart, in my opinion. But nevertheless, in this case, it is quite simple. There's three major categories when it comes to how a stock is talked about and evaluated. Quite simply, is buy, neutral, or sell. And that's basically their advice. If they say it's a buy, they think the stock is undervalued, good, good long-term investment, buy it now. Neutral, that means don't buy, don't sell, they don't recommend either. And then sell, as it, might, as it so implies, it means they're worried about that company, sell it now before there's nothing left. Now, this specifically is coming from UBS, and this is actually an article from Yahoo Finance, which might age me quite a bit, but it used to be one of the, it used to be the best search engine on the planet with a majority market share, as crazy as that sounds. Fascinating tale of business aptitude is not selling when they're at the top and they sold for basically pennies on the dollar at the end. But nevertheless, this is from Brandon Smith and Shauna Smith. Perhaps related, interestingly enough, maybe. And <coughs> they, <coughs> apologies. They know that Ford was downgraded from neutral to buy by UBS. Analysts say that the automaker is fairly valued with its limited upside, arguing that it may have more obstacles to overcome than rivals. True. Now they noted that they just had the X. Let's see here. Do, 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 do. Let's see. Actually, no. They also know they know that the CEO Jim Farley had to adjust his plans over the last several months, and exactly the build out that he initially anticipated, where Ford has been challenged over the last several weeks. So the year one chart you're looking at refers to as the chairs off just around 10 percent. So a name to keep in mind radar throughout the day. And out of curiosity, if you pull up the stock ticker for Ford in the past couple of weeks and years, they're not doing great. Of course, one of the safer things of Ford is they always pay dividends. So there's a whole community of people who buy stocks who will only buy a stock if they pay dividends, which does incentivize you to hold the stock and not sell it. Now, I mean, they're doing a lot more, they're doing infinitely better than General Motors. Granted that bar is so far, might as well be underground. It's GM stock of the past 10 years has increased less than 1% about, which is terrible in every metric. I suppose the only silver lining there is that they haven't gone out of business and gone bankrupt for the fourth time. Let's just say Billy Durant would be very sorely disappointed if he saw what his creation has become today. Nevertheless, when it comes to the Ford Motor Company, their five-year stock is pretty darn good. It's increased 24.04%. Now, that being said, the past year, not so great. So the past 12 months is down, so it's negative 9.77%. Again, right now it's trading for $10.99 per share. Granted, by the time I actually edit this video and actually, you know, resolve, not render it, they'll be changed because the stock market fluctuates ridiculously, but nevertheless, for reference point, <coughs> apologies. Year to date, granted it's only been a couple weeks, they're down at 9.62%. Now, 
Going back out a little bit, six month trend is negative 22.6%. Past month, negative 8.57%. Past five days, down about 7%. So they're not doing good. Their 52 week high is $15.42 per share. Their 52 week low is $9.63 per share. Current market cap of about 40, or right under 44. It's $43.99 billion. Looks like the dividend yield is 5.46%. So not too bad to say the least. But they've had a lot of issues. And some of the biggest ones are, they're not things you can fix overnight. They're actually kind of baked in the cake, so to say. They're kind of the foundation, or perhaps a better metaphor might be a crutch that they can't really get rid of anytime soon. Two of the biggest detriments to Ford is, well, they overinvest in EVs, which are not making a profit yet. And again, you see the market shift for consumers. The biggest growing category for consumers, what they actually want to buy is good old, well, not good old actually, because they don't last worth the damn, but nevertheless, it is hybrid technologies. And Ford invested a lot of money in the F-150 Lightning, as well as the Ford Mustang E-Mach, which again, it should not be called a Mustang, because it has nothing to do with the glorious V8 stick shift muscle car we all know and love. But nevertheless, those, those parts of this company have been losing money dramatically. We're talking billions of losses. And so they have the EVs that's not doing great. They invested a lot of money in that. They're scaling back their EV investment at 40% when it comes to their battery capacity production in the United States. So they're already pulling back in that regard. They also have an issue of the dealerships, which again, you do need someone to service these vehicles, but the dealerships have such exorbitant markups. You had some people, and perhaps they're inebriated by drinking Bud Light, there are consumers buying F-150 Lightnings for $100,000 over MSRP. Which again, why back the clock a couple years, people would joke and call you a sucker if you paid MSRP with the exception of like, Lamborghinis or something where the car is actually limited to a number of units that's reasonable. Not when, you know, if you see limited in most cars these days, if you see it on Toyota or something like that, it's just the only limiting factor is how many they could sell. It's not really limited edition. But nevertheless, an overwhelming majority of the time, the MSRP was seen as a, you know, you're a chump if you paid that. So these people are paying MSRP plus $100,000 for an electric truck. Now, it's come back down a little bit in terms of the, you know, the dealer markup, but it's still thousands and thousands of dollars, which makes consumers very upset. When they see the competition like Rivian as well as Tesla, where they have direct sales models, you just go to the website, no haggling, you don't feel like you're getting screwed over, and there's not a line item that says plus 10, 20, $30,000. So that's a big issue as well. And consumers are dramatically shifting. I mean, look, truth be told, do you know anyone in your lifetime has ever enjoyed going to the dealership? It, it's, it's consistently ranked as one of the worst experiences people fear and they, they disdain. No one wants to do it. Now, the issue with Ford is they have these contracts where they can't just break it overnight. A lot of these companies are, that's a nice way of saying bullying, forcing dealerships out of business where they're saying, hey, if you don't pay, like for John Motors for the Buick dealerships, they're saying if you don't pay, was it $400,000 to upgrade your dealership to handle these EV vehicles, we're going to pull your franchise. This is now a point of, not point of contention, it is now a requirement for you to maintain your dealership status. So they're starting to change with the requirements, but... Ford had that issue. They also had the unions, which increased the cost of labor exponentially while providing an inferior product. We have Ford, you have 80, $90,000 trucks arriving with mismatched seats and headlights. So they're just putting in the wrong headlights, not even caring, which that's a cultural issue as well. And again, they're paying so much money for so little performance. I mean, that's another detriment to the Ford Motor Company. And it's one of those things where the Ford family still maintains control of the voting rights. So they're still very much in charge. And long-term, they've been doing pretty good with the decisions they've been making. But you also have the reliability issues. I mean, half the business owners on this show are recalls for the Ford Motor Company vehicles. 
And they've also alienated a big part of the market by not making cars. So Ford, if you look at the portfolio, the only car they sell is a Mustang, which is a great vehicle. It's one of the last, well, I was about to say it's one of the last, it is the last muscle car left as the Camaro is becoming a electric SUV. And the Challenger Charger is gonna be electric vehicle and maybe in a straight six engine. Which again, that was known for being a Hemi and having a good old V8. But you could argue that the Mustang is the only thing that actually survived the Pony Wars. But the Focus, the Fusion, all the cars, all the things that were lower price points to get you into the brand are gone. Which again, they did lose money on a majority of those vehicles that they sold. That's why they got out of the business. But it also is hard to build brand loyalty if the only vehicles you have are pretty expensive. That's why. Many of these car companies used to have lower price points to get you into the brand and start to build some type of brand loyalty. Ford no longer has that. I mean, if you just go to Ford.com, what's the cheapest vehicle? Again, you're not going to be able to buy it for that because the dealership will mark it up by 5, 10, 20 grand. But we just go to Ford. Let's go to the good old Ford website. Well, it also shows you the first sponsor result is from Ford. It makes sense. But it says Ford hybrid and electric cars. Let's be honest. People buy, people buy Ford for the trucks, which... Again, that is their core competency, despite the recalls. This most successful truck by number of units sold in history. So it makes sense for them to focus on that. Now, if I go to the vehicles page, looks like the Mustang, I think is a, uh, I guess it's the Escape, whereas the youth, as we used to call it, pretending it was a fast car, the Escape starts at $29,495. That looks like, that looks like it's the most economical vehicle. You have trucks and vans. I guess the, again, the issue with the Maverick, which, Again, Maverick and the Ranger, again, brilliant ideas from a business perspective because, again, people want cheap trucks, but the market doesn't you know, offer it. They're starting at 23 and 32, but you can't get it for that. So, like, if you look at the comment section on all the automotive YouTube channels, all the people are saying you can't find these Mavericks, and when you do, they're charging them over by, like, 10, 20, 30 grand. So, even the rare instances, and, again, I'm looking at their other vehicles, their commercial, their trucks, starting at 70,000, 80, their electric vehicles, starting at it's like the cheapest 37. So again, I mean, gone are the days we can get a new vehicle for sub, I mean, you used to be able to get for like sub 20 grand, but nevertheless, it's also having to do with the government hyperinflation that they caused. But I mean, Ford seems to have a lot of things in their way from growing the company. And again, I'm not sure how they're gonna fix all these long-term solutions, all, all these issues. And let me see here. I mean, maybe I'm gonna load on this assessment. now. Thankfully, there are some fun little comments section on the good old Yahoo Finance, so we'll take a minute or two to check those out. One of the first comments comes from John. He says, quote, wait till the funds and institutions start pulling money out. They are in it for the divvies, but who knows how long that will last. Every time I turn around lately, the analysts are reducing their target on Ford, unquote. Looks like no one has liked these, but nevertheless, we'll read them. Just Jordan says, quote, Ford faces a extra headwind while people are flocking to Camrys, CRVs, Civics, and threes, Ford killed or ruined the vehicles that competed competed with those models. Every manufacturer that sacrificed to keep affordable and sensible ice in their portfolio will be re reaping big rewards for the next five years, unquote. Which, yes, I wholeheartedly agree. The most successful brands, they have those entry-level vehicles because they, they want you to win that long-term loyalty. I mean, one of the biggest jokes when I was in the automotive industry was the Chevy Cruze, which is a fiscal joke because the dealerships, if they didn't sell anything but the bare vehicle, they lost about $495. And the reps, I mean, we would get like a gift card from General Motors to help incentivize to push it. The only way they made any money at all was financing accessories. And even then, it's not very profitable. Contrast that with a good old Chevy Silverado, 
You're talking five, eight, ten thousand dollars in gross margin. That's why so many of these companies focus on trucks and SUVs. The consumer, they're probably higher quality materials, they last longer, and the consumer perception is that there's more value, so they can charge more for it, and it's a more profitable thing to sell. And the joke of the dealership was, you know, people come in, buy a Chevy Cruze, and you just pray that they'll come back and buy a Silverado or one of the SUVs later, which, because again, at that time, they'll make a lot of profit. And in theory, you build that brand loyalty over time, and GM decided to kill the Cruze after they had a couple rough years of sales, which, to GM's credit, it was a fun little vehicle. They had the Chevy Cruze Eco with a stick shift. It was a blast. Put a little colder intake, made you smile every time you hit the pedal. But nevertheless, they did decide to kill that vehicle. Another comment comes from James, and he says, quote, every time I invested in Ford, I lost money, never again, unquote. Let's see. John says, quote, at this point, Ford's history needs a ladder to reach a new low, unquote. Let's see. John says, the strike is behind them, and they have they have the leading vehicle that sells the, in America, the F-150, unquote. Which, yes, that is their bread and butter. That is the most important vehicle, which is why you would think the unions would actually do a good job assembling it, not having the wrong headlights, the wrong chairs, wrong decals in some cases, which... Again, there's a lot of issues with that. I, one would think they'd probably try, one would think they'd try to emulate Toyota when it comes to um, the Toyota way and the manufacturing and the culture. Because again, those vehicles are bulletproof and they don't really make mistakes. Not so much, they have not, they haven't learned apparently. And again, Ford has all these issues. Now, historically speaking, Ford is what many people would be perceive as a safer bet when it comes to the big three. The big three used to be Chrysler, General Motors and Ford, the big three American automobile companies all headquartered in good old Michigan. Well, many years back is good. But nevertheless, they actually had a well over a majority of market share a couple of, a couple of decades ago. And it's been shrinking ever since. And GM's gone bankrupt, I think four, no, three times now since Billy, <coughs> excuse me, since Billy Durant founded the company when he combined Oldsmobile and Buick all those years ago. And with Chrysler, they went bankrupt so bad that they're bought out by a European company by the name of Fiat and it was renamed last year to Stellantis, which is now a holding company of over 10 plus automotive brands all over the world. And with Ford though, they're the one American company, including Tesla, I guess, so there's two American companies now, that have never gone bankrupt. And Ford came really close. They took out a loan at a very strategic time right before or during the 2008 recession, and their stock was hurting. It was around like, I think the lowest it got to like $2 per share. It was rough, but they never went bankrupt. So. Ford has that boat of confidence. They do have, I'm trying to find a silver lining, though it is overall obviously a business blunder, but they still have their gold garment sales. Spoiler alert, if you ever see a Japanese car, it's not the police. Unless they change the law of the undercover. There are a lot of laws that stipulate you have to buy American-made products if you are a government entity, but nevertheless, they have gold fleet. <coughs> Much apologies for that. They have those fleet deals. They have, they have some upside to them. But again, these... All these analysts are downgrading the stock is terrible because so many investors with individuals or institutionals, they rely on these types of ratings when they're evaluating what type of investments they're going to increase in terms of uh, they have some more money, they're going to buy more stocks, as well as they're going to investigate and they're going to determine, well, what stocks do we sell this quarter? Do we hold on to it? Do we just sell it now? If they're more perhaps fiscally conservative, maybe they see this neutral as a sign that they should sell or be more aggressive in their exiting of an investment in Ford Motor Company. So it'll be interesting to see. Let me know in the comments if you think Ford, would you, again, Ford, as a recording of this video, is bound right under $10, or sorry, $11 per share, $10.99. At that price point, would you buy a couple of shares of Ford Motor Company? Again, this is definitely not financial advice. Truth be told, hindsight's always 2020 with financing or with um, investments. 
But would you buy Ford? Or would do you think it's time to sell it and invest in something else? I mean, having the stock drop so much and having it downgraded, needless to say, that is the business blunder of the day. Thank you, everyone, for taking the time to tune in today. Again, try to get 4,000 subscribers by the end of January, so click that button. I really appreciate it. Also, leaving a comment and a like or even a down vote is a great way to give me some additional feedback and let me know how I can make the show better and better. Also, don't forget to take time to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, heck, tell your enemies, tell anyone and everyone. Just stay safe, fight the good fight.